0: Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. All right, that's good. And we're excited for Easter. Easter is coming up. And as we approach that, even next week, next week is not Easter. So if I freak some of you guys out, like what in the world? But we are expanding as a church because of your generosity, because of God's faithfulness, what he's doing at Avenue Church. We are expanding what we're doing. And so let me pop the screen up. We're expanding starting next week. We are going into the other building for our Avenue kids. Our Avenue kids, and so we got some photos and some pictures. But there, in the blues, our current area. This is where we're serving at. And then we're moving into the orange, which is right across the courtyard, and we're moving first through fifth into that area. Our team went in there this morning, and it's nice, right? It's huge, it's big, uh, a great experience for our kids. Because how many know our kids are important? Our kids are amazing, and we want them to hear a gospel presentation. And so that's where our kids are going into into that new space. But that also means, though, is that next week when you come in, you're going to check them into that new space if you have a first grader up to fifth grade. But then that also means our lobby is getting a makeover. So check out our lobby. So next week we're expanding the entire lobby. And so no more pipe and drape. You'll be able to exit on both sides of the lobby. And everybody said, amen, right? So we're going on both sides. So now you can park over here, and you don't have to, like, walk all the way around Jericho marching. Like, like you're, you don't mean to Jericho march, but you're Jericho marching every Sunday. That well, means you're circling the property. But also, we're expanding our coffee bar. How many love coffee? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. We're expanding our coffee bar as well as our Avenue Central. And we wanted to be an area where we could hang out before and after church. Before and after church. Pastor didn't say during, but he oh, he's like that, right? But before and after church, we're going to have some tables out there. We want you to get your coffee, chill, hang out. Why? Because we're family. But how many are excited what God is doing starting next week? Yeah. Avenue Church. Just amazing. Uh, just incredible. The faithfulness of our church, faithfulness of our uh, of Opportunity Village, and the trust that they have in us. And uh, I just got to say, I'm excited. Even this week... Ten thousand uh, homes are going to be getting an Avenue Easter mailer this week. Ten thousand homes are getting a mailer. Why? Because we don't want to be a church within the walls. We want to be a church outside these walls. We want to be able to reach our community and reach our city. So if you live in that area, we're hitting two major areas that we have never hit before. And so let us know. If you you get a mailer in your home, tag us on Instagram, on Facebook, and uh, let us know you got that mailer, because we're excited uh, to really introduce uh, who Jesus is to our community, to our friends, to our family, to those that we, our kids go to school with. It's just a amazing that we're able to invite people in that way. Also, we got the bundles as you're taking home five, six, seven Easter cards, and you're inviting people to church. Uh, I just hear uh, time and time again, how'd you you get here? Someone gave me a mixtape. Someone gave me an Easter flyer. I got a mailer from a year ago. Why? Because God knows exactly when someone needs Him. Amen? And so an invite is super, super powerful. I remember when I was uh, a single young man, because we just got done with mixtape, I remember I was single, and I really liked this girl named Lindsey Bos- lindsey Mose at the time. Excuse me. I apologize. Lindsey. And, uh, and I heard, kind of a roundabout way, that um, she was going to a wedding, and at that wedding she had a plus one. She had a plus one to this wedding. I said, oh, praise God, this—let's see if she's obedient to the Lord, right? Let's see if she will listen to Jesus and maybe invite me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this would be my, because it's not a date, right? The plus one. It's, it's not, it's nothing like, you know, like, where are the young people at? Like, give me a nod. Yeah, it's not a date, all right? It's a plus one, all right? It's a plus one. And so she did invite me. So everyone turn to your ear and go, that stinks, right? What's wrong with her? <laughs> she did invite me. And I remember even that she said, she, whatever. And she did invite me. And uh, she went with somebody else, a great a dude, right? Great guy, whatever. And and I don't even know. I think it was like MySpace at that time. I don't know what it was back then. Uh, or or if people like, maybe I, maybe I sent a private eye and he took pictures and sent them to me. But somehow, <laughs> somehow I had seen photos and I remember looking through it like, whatever. You know, like, oh, ancient she having fun? You know what I mean? Like what a great wedding. I'm not there. How many of them know what I'm talking about, right? Look at that. She's wearing a dress. Oh, my Jesus. I better put this away. You know what I mean? Like, why, God? Why? Answer my prayers, Lord. And I say that. Why? Because we've all been to a place we haven't been invited to, right? And we're going, why didn't they invite me? Didn't they have a plus one? Why could I go? And how many know sometimes you can feel like that in any party, anything you go to, any kind of venue? And I want to tell you today, here at Avenue Church, we are a plus one church. We are a plus one church church. Plus one isn't just a, let's bring a friend to church tactic. I want you to understand that. This is not, okay, pastor, I know Easter's coming up, and you're going to be doing this whole plus one thing, and make me bring one person to Easter on Sunday, on April 1st, and be like, you want to go to church with me? Yeah, on April Fool's. What? you kidding me? April Fool's, right? Yeah. Come on, Come to Easter with me. I want you to understand that plus one isn't a bring a friend to church tactic. It's part of our culture. It's who we are at Avenue. You begin to see on team nights. On team nights, we tell our team, bring somebody. Bring somebody who's not on the team. If we have meetings, bring somebody to that meeting. Why? Because we are a plus one culture. And anything that we do, we bring someone along with us. Hear me out. Avenue Church is not the best kept secret in Las Vegas. We are not the best-kept secret in Las Vegas. We're reaching, we're inviting, we're bringing people along with us for an incredible ride. How many know it's been an amazing ride already at Avenue Church? We're, I mean, 13 months old, seeing what God is doing, the expansion, all those things. Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're an inviting church. We are a plus one church. There's an old African uh, proverb that says this. It says, If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. And I believe that's many of us. Many of us were saying, you know what? I'm faster by myself. I'm faster if I just do it by myself. I'm faster if it's just me, myself, and I. It'll get done. But how many know when you bring others with you, you have endurance for the ride? When you bring others with you, it's funner. And Jesus, I'm an extrovert. I apologize. I'm like, let's get everybody together to do one job. Like, I need to change the light bulb. David, Nicole, I need everyone to help me change the light bulb. But why? Because we are a plus one culture. I got to tell you, we're so glad that you're here today. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you smell like, what you're wearing, uh, where you came from. And some of you heard that smell, right? It doesn't matter. If you're here for the very first time and you're messed up, jacked up, you look just like the A-team, right? You are family. Welcome to church. You are invited to do life with us every single week. But I got to tell you, this is the perspective all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible, we begin to see stories of a prostitute who was at the well. And she went to the well at noonday when it was the hottest part of the day. Why? Because she wanted to avoid everybody. And there's Jesus shows up at the well and says, I have living water for you. The Jesus went out of his way to see a woman at a well. There's tax collectors who were scumming the earth. They would hide in trees and say, I need to see Jesus. He would say, come on down. Bring me into your home. I want to be with you. Why? Jesus went to the one. And so I can tell you story after story of God going to the one. But what about us bringing him the one? What about us bringing him the one? And so let's go in your Bibles to Mark chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Real quick this morning, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible on the size. They're free. Take them. Grab them. Uh, open up in your iPhones, your Androids. Someone posted this week, Androids better than iPhone. That's fake news, hashtag. But make sure you, you get those phones out, your YouVersion app. And we're going to jump right into Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Because Jesus was a plus one guy. But I want you to understand, many of us, were are going to uh, remember this story. This story has more to do than a spontaneous remodel. This story is about how God views people and how we should view them as well. How we should view them as well. So this is what it says. A few days later, when Jesus entered Seatown, the people heard and came into a home. They gathered in such large numbers... There was no room left. How many know when you invite Jesus into your life, he will pack the house in Jesus' name? So there was no more room, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Man, you know what? Jesus hung out with, with those, but he always controlled the conversation. So he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man, carried by, say four. Carried by four of them. I want you to understand, it didn't say five guys showed up. It said four guys plus one. Four guys plus one. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they went home. They were done. Like, we did all this work. It's full. That's not what the Bible says. I'm just making sure you're reading. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And they believe Peter owned this house. And Peter was a high hat. Peter's probably like, listen to Jesus preach. He's like, why? Why is that happening? like like why what's going on here and so they're making an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it then they lowered the mat the man was lying on, and so they're like, "This is a good idea." And so they're putting him through the roof, and they put him right in front of it. So Jesus is preaching, he's like, "I'm the way, the truth, the life. Stuff's coming down. I, I-, I am so awesome. I'm Jesus." And all of a sudden, they layer him, and they lay, they they drop him all the way down into the floor. I don't know who had more faith: the four dudes with the guy on the mat. I don't know. But here's what happens. He gets before Jesus, and this is what it says When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there, the religious people, thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blasphemy. He's a liar. Hashtag fake news. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that, that this was what they were thinking in their heart. That might mess jack some of you up right now. God knows exactly what you're thinking about my message right now at this point. And this is what his response was. He says, why are you thinking of these things? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He was making a point. The Son of Man can do that, but he has authority to forgive sins. And he tells the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up. He took his mat. God supernaturally healed him, paralyzed from whether it was b- at birth or b- he was born with it, whatever the case may be. And he stood up, completely healed, and he walked out in full view of them all. That's a mic drop moment, all right? Jesus like, I'm no longer preaching. This guy just got healed. This amazed everyone, and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. I believe if we have a plus one mentality, if we have a plus one church, we're going to see amazing things we've never seen before in Jesus' name. That's what it's all about. This is what happens. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. That was short and sweet, right? Come on. I don't know. There's two types of people in this room. The first type of people, you're project people, right? You love projects. Raise your hand if you love projects. Like, give me a project and I will conquer that project, right? There's all the projects. Keep your hand up, please. I need to see you. I need you in my life. I need you to join up for the A-team. Okay, raise your hand. Put your hands up. Raise your hand if you're non-project people. Let me explain what this is. Non-project people, you have like 20 unfinished projects all over your house. Raise your hand if you're, there's my people at. Yes. Yes, laundry's a project. The garage is a project. I'm a project, right? I want you to make, I want to make this really clear though. As we begin this two-week series, as we begin this two-week series, Projects can be managed, but people must be loved. Projects can be managed, but people must be loved. People are not projects that have to fill a deadline. People are not projects that have to fill a deadline. Please do not think, oh, Sunday's coming. If they, don't, if they don't come to Avenue Church, if they don't get my invite, if they don't accept Jesus, I'm done. It, it, it's been a week. It's been two weeks. If they don't come April 1st, that, that project is over. I'm here to tell you, people are not projects. People just need to be loved. But we're still going to invite we're still going to include. We're still going to bring them into our lives. That we want their hang-ups, their weaknesses to conform to our timeline as they were projects to be managed and delivered. But when our mental due date comes for them and it comes and it goes, we're tempted to mark them incomplete and move on. Incomplete and move on. And I'm here to tell you, people our people. People need to be loved. We need to be embraced by them. We will not place a deadline on people. If you're here today, listen to me. If you're here today, I need to read this. When you're here today, you know when and where your next step is. I want you to really hear my heart on that. You know when and where your next step is. I believe God is speaking to your heart. I believe we're not twisting your arm, but you know exactly this is my first step, whether it be accepting Christ, whether it be getting water baptized, maybe it's joining growth Track, maybe it's continuing to get into groups so you can find that healing, begin to find that freedom. I don't want to push you, but I also want to challenge you as a church. Can we be a plus one church? Because here's the problem. When they looked at this paralyzed man, this man that had an illness, in those, time, in the, in those Bible times, they would blame people with an with a illness or, or some sort of terminal disease, and they would blame them saying, you have that because you're living in sin or your parents were living in sin. And because your parents were in sin, you are now sick. Or because you're because you're in sin, you 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 disobeyed God, you did something wrong, you are now paralyzed. And how many know that is not true in Jesus' name? How many know there is nothing wrong with you that God wants to heal you, touch you, restore you? He wants to do a work in your life. We're not looking at people as punishments for some hidden fault. Imagine, listen to me, imagine never having a plus one invite because people thought there was something wrong with you? Man, I, I, you know, the, I, 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 will you come with me? Will you come with me? Oh, you're, you're, I don't know. You're kind of weird. You're kind of messed up. You know what? Let's not invite that person. I don't know if you ever had a, a house party and you invited people over and you got ready and you got the dip out and you got the food. It's like the only thing I know how to make. The dip out and your wife did everything else and, and you cleaned it and people came into your house. and You're like, this is wonderful. And then somebody comes up, somebody else, and this is not me, I've heard others say this, okay? And somebody else walks in and you go, who invited that person? Where'd they come? I'm like, hey, how'd you hear about this? You know what I mean? Like, like what, what's going on here? But then by the end of the evening, you begin to realize, you know what? They're not that bad. You know what? I now know their story. You know what? Now I know who they are. You know what? They don't have an illness. They're not weird. They're not strange, but they have an amazing story that God's going to use powerfully in Jesus' name. If you're here today, nothing's wrong with you. We want to look at what's right with you. But I want to change the perspective to those four dudes. Those four dudes really blow me away. The Bible says there's four guys. They grab a paralyzed man and said, we got to get him to Jesus. Listen to this. They had a plus one mentality. Four guys plus one. They knew that they, they. But they knew that the burden to help their friend was not on them. They simply knew well, I just got to get him to Jesus. I just got to get him to Jesus. I don't have the answers. I don't know what the Bible says. I, I don't even know what Pastor Jeremy would say. What would my wife say? Like I don't know all the answers. But all I know is I could just I just got to get him or her to Jesus. I just got to get them there. I just got to get them there. And so if you're here today, you say, how do, I, how do we become a plus one church? How do we continue in this mentality? And I got to tell you, first of all, just like when we do a generosity series where we talk about money or we talk about faith or we talk about anything else, I got to tell you, I am so grateful that we have a plus one church. I am so grateful that we're inviting, I'm so grateful to be able to see life change because you're bringing somebody to Avenue Church. But i got to ask you today, how do we become a plus one church? How do we become a plus one church? I want you to write this down. See, the road our church has been amazing, but write this down. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Everybody said. Amen. Everybody is welcome. Mark chapter 2, verse 2. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even the outside door, and he preached the word to them. I have noticed that when God shows up, the place gets packed, but they didn't have a bouncer at the door. They didn't check ID. They didn't say, who are you? Where'd you come from? Oh, you can't be in here. You're not Gentile or Jew. You know I mean, you, you, you just cannot be in Peter's house. But there's a, something that happens, is that comfort can become our worst enemy. Comfort can become our worst enemy. There's a girl in our uh, church. She's married. She's got two beautiful kids. And uh, but, um, what was it, 12, 13 years ago, she was in my youth ministry. And every year in the summertime, we would have summer camp. And if you're a junior high or a high school, high schooler in this room, we're going to summer camp at the end of July to California. So if you're a teenager at high schooler, come on, cheer. we're getting you away from your parents. We're getting you out of Vegas, and we're going to enjoy that cool summer breeze in California at the end of July. But every year we do a summer camp, we would raise money. We would do a fireworks booth, which was just demonic. We would do a fireworks booth. We would sell things. We would beg for things. We would say, can we get kids to our summer camp? Why? Because everyone was welcome at summer camp. Why? If I could just get these kids to summer camp, if we could just get them out of their scenarios, out of their homes, and let's take them to California, have some fun. But in the presence of God, we got to get them to summer camp. And we would hustle for months and months. And then finally, in the morning of, everyone would pack up at the vans. We would get in the vans, and we're doing a head count. And then Lauren would show up. And Lauren be like, hey, Pastor Jeremy, um, I don't have a packet. Uh, I didn't sign up. I'm not registered. We're like, okay, yeah, I know. And, uh, but somehow she realized that we had to fill spots at the, at the cabins. And so somehow she knew that we had room. Somehow she knew that we were going to pay for an empty bed regardless if anyone came. And so she showed up and said, can I go to camp? Do you have any <laughs> empty beds. We said, well, yeah, we do, Lauren. But I mean, right now you live far and you would have to go home. You have to get your suitcase and you have to pack it up. We're leaving now, Lauren. Like I got her, right? Youth pastors got her, right? We're leaving now. She goes, no problem. She goes to the van. Her mom's like, where are you going? Like her mom didn't even know. And she goes, where are you going? She bring her bag. She had a sleeping bag. She had a bag pack with her toothbrush shampoo. And she's like, okay, I'm going. I love you, Pastor Jeremy. She had a packet filled out, gave it to me. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And I think she did that every year, that we're like, just sign up. Just sign up. Everybody is welcome. You know, there's a mentality sometimes. I want to really begin to challenge you today. And There's a mentality sometimes. We say, you know what? This church better not get too big. You know what? This church better not get too big. I left the other church because it was just too big. It was just too large. I want to find something that is just my size. And here's what happens. I want to pastor you today, just in a loving way. Because if you said that, you're still welcome here, all right? If you said that, don't be discouraged. But here's what eventually happens. is You go from church to church looking for that perfect size. And as you go from church to church looking for that perfect size, you can begin to find yourself in maybe a small church of maybe five or ten, maybe online. I don't know what the case may be, but you're going you're to hit pause in your life, and you're going to realize, I'm in a church of just ten people, but it's still too big because I'm not connected. I'm not connected. Any church is going to be too big if you're not connected. But that's why we have to allow our comfort, get get challenged a little bit. That's why we have groups. As our church begins to grow bigger, we're going to grow smaller through small groups. I got to tell you, uh, we have a large size, uh, two services on Sunday. But my men's luncheon on Wednesdays, guys are showing up, brand new guys. We're meeting new people. We're in the boardroom in Jason's Deli. The manager's like, hey, this last Wednesday, he even asked. He's like, there you go. Your room's ready. I'm like, thank you. All right. Why? Because we're a plus one group. We're a plus one church. And now we're doing live with eight to nine guys. Why? Because anything's too big if you're not connected. If you're not connected. The wives, where's wife life? They're tearing it up right now. I mean, sheesh. So they're enjoying themselves. So make sure you get into a group. But without a plus one culture, listen to me. Without a plus one culture, there is no room. There is no room. And when there's no room, there's no access. But hear me out if you're taking notes. The goal isn't having big churches. The goal isn't having a big church. It's about becoming big people. Big hearts. lots of compassion. Lots of love, arms open wide, followers of Jesus who always have room for one more. But as I begin to pray about even this statement, many of us have trouble accepting people with problems because we have more problems than anybody. I can't allow somebody to come into my life because I am messed up. I am jacked up. And I'm here to tell you that maybe you've tried Christianity before. Maybe you were labeled. Maybe you were judged. Maybe you were discarded. And if that's the case, I am sorry. But here at Avenue Church, you are welcome to come into this place. You are welcome. This is a hospital where we got patients, nurses, doctors. We got people that clean up after us. You know what I mean? We are a hospital in Jesus' name. And so just this down, number point number two. Because I got to get my point across here. Point number two, uh, write this down: is that you know everyone is welcome. But point number two, I want you to write this down: people are worth it. People are worth it. People are worth it. People are so worth it. Worth what, you might ask? People are worth everything. People are worth the mess, the chaos. People are, they're worth the effort. They're worth the expense. Can I get an amen? If we're committed to helping people, we're engaged in our creativity. That if we want to reach people, we need to do what others aren't doing. We can say, how can I reach my city? Because I want to paint a picture. I need four buff guys, man. You're buff. You're strong. You're swole. Come on. Miguel, you're buff. Come on up here, Miguel. You good? Come on up here. What else? huh? Chris, come on up here. Okay, I got four. Is that four? Come on. Look at these guys. You guys are terrifying. Calm down. I didn't even pick you. No. (laughs) Well, can you move this real quick? Here's why I want to paint a picture. This is a stretcher. And uh, I'm going to trust these guys here. But the Bible says there is a paralyzed man. And the paralyzed man, I think, is a great picture of many Christians. A bit, calm, calm, calm down. <laughs> Settle down. The paralyzed man is a picture of many Christians. Now, listen to me. The physical ailment of, uh, of paralysis is, 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 is… I know people that have physical disabilities. They're doing greater things. Okay, I want you to understand that. But sometimes, this is the picture of a paralyzed person. That so sometimes we're paralyzed in our walk with Christ. Sometimes we're paralyzed in our emotions. Sometimes we're paralyzed we can't move. Sometimes we're paralyzed to know we, I, I can't walk in the direction of abundant living. I'm at the mercy of others. And so sometimes this is a picture of paralysis. Paralysis is meant you begin to be, be numb. And as you begin to grow increasingly numb, before you realize it, you're stuck in one place. And here at Avenue Church, we want to help you move into another step. And so these four guys came in. And so guys, go ahead, grab a, grab a thing and uh, grab a handle and uh, make sure you're not hurting yourselves. And uh, I trust you, like, a lot. Like, like, this is not planned or anything like that. I try, You good? And so let me up. Uh, there we go. All right. How, no. Now, I want you <laughs> This is awesome. Now, I want you to understand someone who had zero legs now he has eight legs someone who had zero you're shaking a little bit you okay that's me someone who had (laughs) (laughs) are you shaking put me back down too slowly 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 so someone who had two legs or no working legs now he had eight legs i want you to understand that picture and so here's these four guys saying we got to get him to jesus we got to get him to Jesus. And so they grabbed him. Go ahead, try that again. Slowly, slowly. And they said, we got to get him. Go ahead. Up, up, uh, up and easy. Now go ahead and go this way a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, go the other way. Go the other way. This is awesome. I think I could do this all day, right? But well, I want you to paint a picture. They brought him to the house and look at that. Their, 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 their chests are really out there right now. But this guy, he's not even. I like that. So, but I want you to I want you to see this. This is hard. I'm not light. I'm not a little guy, right? They brought him. They believed for miles. So they carried him for miles. It was work. It was tough. It was difficult. Can you breathe? You gotta breathe it out. You gotta. You gotta breathe. <laughs> it was difficult. Then they got him to the house. And listen to me. When they got to the house, can you go up a little higher? Can we go up a little higher? Can we go up a little higher? When they got got to the house, they could have quit. They could have given up. But listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not a task. I'm a person. So they kept going on because he was a person and not a project and not a task. So they got him up on the roof. I don't know how they did. Maybe I was slung over Miguel's shoulder, but they got him up on the roof and then slowly, <laughs> this guy, and slowly they lowered him through the roof. Real nice. We can go down now, real slowly. Yes, thank you guys. Give it up for our guys right now. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. Poor Lindsay, but we got to work on him. It was a lot of work. Well, I want to show this out now. Thank you, Pastor Monica. i want to show you this. This is a like a fancy stretcher, right? So sorry, guys, I didn't bring this out. <laughs> she wanted to see you sweat a little bit. <laughs> I want to bring this out for two illustrations. Number one, if you're here at Avenue Church and this is your first time, I want you to realize we want to make it easy for you. I want you to realize that when you show up and you're paralyzed and you're numb and you're depressed or things are going on in your life, you need healing. You're just, you've been through so much and your, st- your story is so powerful. I want you to know that you can have a great experience and say, you know what? I'm going to find comfort when I'm ready. You know what, when I get into Avenue Church, it's okay not to be okay. When I come to Avenue Church, it's okay to belong before I believe. When I come to Avenue Church, we wanna make it easy for you. If you're bringing a guest, we wanna make it easy for you. We don't wanna be like, come to Avenue, like Juan, he's sweating, like, dear God. Please come to Avenue Church. We wanna make it easy to you for you to so say, you know what, I can bring a friend. You know what, every single Sunday, I can bring somebody and I will not be embarrassed. Every single Sunday, I know Avenue Church has something ready. We are waiting for your friends to come. We are waiting for those who are near to you but far from God to come to this place. That's the first picture I want to paint. But the second picture, sometimes what happens is that we accept Jesus. We know God. We, find, we begin to slowly find that freedom. But the problem is we like our comfort. We like our comfort. We say, this is awesome. Like, like, I could come every Sunday. Like, I could do this. This is amazing. And I really wanna encourage you today that yes, this is wonderful. Yes, this is comfortable. I've asked Pastor Monica, can you get the hydraulics one? You're like, wah, wah. But I really wanna paint a picture today that sometimes we think my spiritual gift is attending church. You know, I've done growth track and we've done steps three and fours today after, the, uh, after this worship experience. And I just want to encourage you that you know when you're going to take your next step. You know when it's time to say, you know what, I'm going to get off that mat. You know what, I'm going to allow someone else to have this place. You know what, I'm going to be a plus one person, a plus one mentality. You know what, I'm going to help somebody. But there's something more, there's something powerful when the enemy is trying to keep you in defeat, when God wants you just to take a step. When God just wants you to move forward and God says, you know what, I got a plan and a purpose for your life. You know what, I believe that I made you on purpose and for a purpose. There's no gift too big. There's no gift too small. There, there, there's amazing gifts that God has placed in your life. That is why uh, for Easter. Easter's coming up on April 1st. That's just two weeks away. And every week we do growth track. We do steps one, which is know God. We believe you want to have have an experience where you can come into this church and you begin to know God. But then as you begin to know God, then you begin to find freedom. You begin to find freedom in groups. You begin to find freedom in doing life with others. You begin to find freedom with, with those that have been there and done that, with where you're struggling. If you've been married 10, 20 years, get with somebody that's been married 40, 50 years and say, how in the world did you do it? They'll say, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't ugly. But here's how we got through it. I'm gonna begin to find freedom. Maybe I'm addicted to drugs or pornography. I need to get with somebody that says, you know what, and this isn't, anyone struggle with this, I need to talk to you. That's not what it is. But God's gonna begin to move some, some chess pieces around to get you connected. But not only do we want you to know God and find freedom, we want you to discover your purpose. I promise you, we will find your gift. We will place you in an area to say, how can they make a difference? Because God created you for good works beforehand. Before he placed you on this earth, God created something on the inside of you. On the inside of you. I love the story of the paralyzed man. I love the story of what God has done. God doesn't want to just save you from something. God saved you for something. I want you understand that. Sometimes that's where we stop. Only one-fourth of those that attend church know their, know their spiritual gift. God didn't just save you from this and say, yes, you're now set free. God saved you for something. God said, man, you could reach people this pastor can't reach. You could reach people the person next to you cannot reach. Why? Because we are a plus-one church. You might say, I don't have any creativity. I don't have a gift. Some people are more creative with their excuses than their efforts to reach people. I found that too in my own accord, right? It's like, okay, invite that person. I don't know if I want to invite them. I'm busy right now, you know. I got groceries in my hand. I got kids screaming in the car. It's insane. It's crazy. I believe that God wants to use you for an amazing thing. So after this worship experience, I want you to go in the lobby Maybe you can go to steps three and four. We got some people graduating today. I'm excited. Seven people are in growth track right now. It's awesome. Come on, right? But today, I'm going to give you a pass. All right, don't tell anybody, okay? Hush. I'm going to give you a pass. We're in the lobby today. You could sign up for any area on the 18th. You could shop around today. I want you to see one out there. We struggle a little bit, but I want you to see one out there. And he could share any area with you. Maybe it's security. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's ushering, greeting, whatever area that is. I don't want a class to stop you from getting involved. And this Easter season, on April 1st, instead of sitting here, will you help us to make a difference? Will you help us to change our city? Last year, 474 people walked through these doors. It was incredible. You know what happened to us? What else can God do? God, we're ready. We're ready. I want to understand that Jesus said this. Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus forgave the one because he saw the four. Wow. Catch that. Jesus forgave the one. He didn't say, what's wrong with you? Like, uh, uh, have you been to church lately? Or uh, are you giving? Like, Like, were you banned? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus saw the faith of the four, and so he healed the one. Do you know faith without works is dead? Here's what I love about that story. The story doesn't say anything about those four guys. It didn't say those four guys were Bible believers, or, or those four guys were heathens, or those four guys woke up in a bar and said, there's a paralyzed guy. Let's get them to Jesus. It didn't say anything about the four guys. You know what it did say? It didn't say who they were. It only mentions what they did. Faith without works is dead. And we forget that sometimes. We forget that setting out a chair each week is faith that someone's going to sit in it. We forget that putting somebody at a a door at 9 o'clock and nobody's here, we're kind of like, okay. By faith, we're believing somebody's going to walk through those doors who've never heard the name of Jesus, who've never been to a church, and we can greet them and say, welcome. My smile is going to make a difference today. We're believing for God to do some incredible things. Something powerful happens when we have faith for others, God takes notice, and He does impossible things on their behalf because your faith matters. Maybe you're in this room and you're praying, and you're a mom and you're praying for your, your boy. Maybe you're praying for your kids. Maybe you're a daughter in this room and you're praying for your parents. To say, I hope they stay together. I hope you begin to do a work in their life. Maybe you're a wife in this place and you're not here with your spouse. Keep praying, keep believing, keep having faith. Begin to see what God is going to do. Here's the greatest miracle in this story. The greatest miracle in this story is not a physical healing. It's not even close. It's the spiritual one. I think many of us, like, take your mat and get up and walk. We'd be like, what in the world? But Jesus said what's more important is his salvation. It's him knowing God that once he encounters Jesus... Then he finds healing. Then he finds that freedom. You know, this week, as I close, I promise, they're, they're playing me to close. I'm trying here. But this week, my wife and I, um, and Levi, our six-year-old, we went for a walk. And on our walk, if you saw it on Instagram, we, a dog followed us. And uh, I love animals, okay? I love animals. just not my home, okay? It's cool, you know? So this uh, old dog began to follow us. It's just a cute little thing. It's a big dog, actually, right? It's a big old dog, but she's been to follow us, and we're like, you know, we're asking strangers, like, is this your dog? They're like, no. I'm like, dang it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. What are we going to do with this dog? And, and then all of a sudden, there's another family that comes up. No, it's not her dog. And so we're looking at the caller. And the address is like two, three miles away. We're like, there's no way this old dog got that far. So Lindsay's like, run home and get the truck. I was like, run home, you know. And so <laughs> I did a brisk walk home, you know. Got the truck went back to the dog, carried, put, carried the dog into the truck. My wife and son are in the back of the truck. We're like rednecks in Mountain's Edge, right? They're hanging out in the back of the truck with their dog. And so we go to the, the dress on the collar. I get there, some of the lights are on. And I'm like, me, I don't want to take the dog home, OK? I'm sorry. But if you're a dog person, let me know, I'll send them to you next time, OK? And so I'm knocking on the door, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> where's your dog? You know, like, we got your puppy. Open up. No answer. So I go to, my wife's like, my wife's like in the back of the truck with the dog. She's like, try that house. I'm like, babe, come on. So I go to another house. I'm from the, I'm from East Las Vegas. All right. You just don't knock on people's houses. And so I knock on the other guy's house and they, they take a while. And, and like, right anywhere in Vegas, it's like, cuckoo, what? Yeah. Like, I'm not here to kill you. You know, it's like 830 at night. I said, do you know the neighbors next door? Cause I think we found their dog. I don't know my neighbors. Shut up. I'm like, okay they do not have a plus one mentality. <laughs> so I go to the other neighbors, same story. I just moved in. I don't know who they are. And I'm going, great. So there's a number on it. We're calling the number. It doesn't go to voicemail. It just straight up, just keeps going. We text the number. It's a landline. I am, I'm totally losing here. So my wife said, let's just take her home. I said, yeah, praise God. Take her home. My son is all happy. He's so happy. So we go all the way to the house and we get the, and I, I, I didn't know this because I don't like no dogs, right? But I didn't know this, but dogs, when they're nervous, they what? They shed. <laughs> so I got the dog out of the house and I put her down. I was, like, I was like, wow, I'm hairy, you know? So get the dog inside the house and we don't know what to do with the dog, right? We're like, what do we feed the dog? We're asking our neighbors, like, do you have dog food? They're like, not nope, that size. They're <laughs> like, oh, great. She'd make a chicken and rice. Like, I'm like, that looks better than my dinner. Like, what's, go- <laughs> what's going on here? And I went on Facebook, and I posted on a couple different areas. And lo and behold, the owner reached out to me and was like, you have my dog. I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) I felt like I'd be like, you have my dog. I'm like, no, take your dog and the owner came to the house. It was kind of, uh, we got the great guy, uh, has got a beard, opened the, opened the door and he's like, do you really have my dog? And I was like, yeah, we have your dog. You know, we, we, have, we have her. I said, you know, like yell her name. He goes, Hallie. And she comes around the corner. She runs up, he hits his knees and he's hugging his dog. And I'm like, okay. You <laughs> I'm talking about? Like I'm trying not to lose him. I was like, it's just a dog throw. You know what I mean? Like. And he was so excited for his dog to be found. Imagine the work that we went through. Loaded that dog in the truck, went to that house, went to this house, brought it back to our house, made a dinner, did all these things. And he said that his dog, the, Hallie's the dog, had a sister that, died, that passed away. So he's got three, two, three little girls that said they were just heartbroken because they were missing the other dog. And I began to really think, and not just, you know, and this is how God just speaks to to me or to people. But imagine how happy he was when the dog found her master, when the dog found home again. And that's the kind of plus one mentality we should have. To say, you know what, people aren't projects, but I'm going to do whatever I can to just get them to Jesus. Just get them to Avenue on a Sunday morning maybe it's too far. Let me, let me ask us. There's a great life-giving churches in this city. We're not the only one. We're not the best one, but we're going to love people through it all. Let me pray with you today. If head you have your eye if I you close, I'm going to close out. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, help us to have a plus one mentality. That God, I pray today, begin to challenge our comfort. Lord, God, I pray today that as we begin to walk through our communities, as we begin to go to our workplaces, God, help us to see the one. Help us to see those that are, they're, they're begging and they're, they're waiting for those to invite them to a place of freedom, to invite them to abundant living, a life with purpose, a life with vision. Lord, Father, I pray on Monday morning we walk into our workplace and we've never seen somebody before and we begin to see them. Father, I pray you begin to uh, right now as we sit in our chairs. Help us to be able to see individuals that are crying out in their hearts, in their privacy of their home, to say, man, something's got to change. Something's got to give. And I pray if you're here today, will you help us to make a difference? Will you go in that lobby today? And will you sign up? Will you join an area? Next week, go shadow, go learn about it. We're not going to throw you in there and say good luck, but we want to discover the gift that God has placed in your hearts. I want us all to pray a prayer, because that plus one mentality comes from being more and more like Jesus, where God said, love your neighbor and love your enemy as you love yourself. So with every head, body, eye closed, can we all say a prayer today? But for many of us, it might be the very first time you pray that prayer. That prayer is not going to say, hey, I, I prayed that prayer. i got to join this church. I prayed that prayer. i got to join AT. That's not what it is. That prayer is for you to join the kingdom of heaven. For you to have a relationship with Christ. When you pray that prayer today, it's saying, you know what? I want to know who Jesus is. So everyone say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Today. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for placing gifts in me. Say, Jesus, you've raised a life, so raise me to new life. In Jesus' name. And everybody, shout it! Hey man, come on.